0: Hi, my name is Corey, and welcome to the RCF Podcast, a place where you can dive deep into what the scriptures say, get caught up on current events, or sit back and listen to topical discussions on life from all ages. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. Today we have Dale Richmond in here with us, and such a blessing. He has been um, a real... A fountain of life in many ways in my life as as he's been a blessing to to share and to encourage and to build up uh, by his love for not only the Lord but for the Lord's people and so it's a real pleasure to have him in today so welcome Dale thank you <laughs> and so uh, with with, uh, with my my brother my friend uh, pastor elder servant all that God has made you. How to be husband, father, grandpa. Um, we just want to really kind of yeah. dig in and, and share and, and have a conversation about you know, how did all this come to be? Boy. What was what was Youngdale like? How did he meet Jesus Christ? Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah. yeah, so let's let's back up to the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> uh, maybe just share this. I uh, wasn't there. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I won't make any wisecracks about <laughs> okay, that. <but laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So if we if we back up to the early days, mm-hmm. when did you how? Did you, what what was it like uh, when you were young? How'd mm-hmm. you come to know the Lord? Uh, a little bit of that process. Well, um,
1: it was down in, living in Burbank, California, and um, I was about 10, 10 11 years old. And I had a good friend down the, the the street. The reason he was my good friend is his dad was um was a salesman for C's candy. And so he always had chocolate at his house. <laughs> <laughs> and so a
0: so so good quality was, and a friend.
1: He is my good friend. So um but I didn't know that they were Christians. Um, they went to church and stuff, but one day his name was Roy. He came to my front door and um And he had a Bible in his hand, and it was really cool, a really cool Bible, Um, gold lettering and the chain around it and everything, you know. And and being a little kid, man, I just thought that was really a cool book. And so so he told me that if I went to church with him for like eight weeks in a row, I think it was, that they would give me a Bible. Mm -hmm. And so... I thought, yeah, I'll do that, and so um, so what I remember of this was that I did go for eight weeks in a row and I got the Bible, uh-huh um, but all I can remember, they never i don't never remember them asking me to receive Christ or anything They just give me a Bible. Mm-hmm. So the day that I got the Bible, I remember going back home. And my parents were very ungodly. I have to say that in all truth, lovingly. But my parents were antichrist. They were drug addicts. They were adulterers and and stuff. And so there was no mention of Jesus in our household. And so when I got the Bible, I just kind of stole into my bedroom Mm -hmm. and closed the door and I sat down on the bed and I opened the Bible. And, of course, the only place to start is in the beginning. And so, Amen. So I read Amen. in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the mountains and the seas and the birds and the animals. And being a little boy, you know, who just loves animals and trees and lizards and snakes and stuff like that, this really, wow, man, that blew my mind. And this was incredible. Amen. And so, so but I couldn't, I couldn't understand anything. And so I just, um, I I couldn't read any further after that, so I set it down and um, never picked it up again and kind of just forgot about it. And, um, but, you know, the scripture tells us that the word of God never returns empty. Amen. And so, so God planted those words in my heart that day. And... So we're gonna skip 25 years. Mm-hmm, <laughs> okay. And of course, I went to school and I quit my senior year in high school, went into the Air Force, because we heard that you could drink in the Airmen's Club and you could drink legally and, and party, and we were partiers. And so um, that's why I went into the Air Force and was in the Air Force off and on for um, uh, 13 years. And, um, and so uh, around 1973, um, been full of drugs, full of partying. I was a bartender while I was in the Air Force and and just uh, full up, but yet my heart was still empty. And I began to realize that, what the heck, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and I had a roommate that was uh, into the occult and into meditation and drug addiction and meditating on psychedelics and stuff. And he really encouraged me to start doing that. Um, and so I started doing that. I started getting high on, on um, psychedelics and meditating and learning about Eastern metaphysics and Hinduism and Buddhism and really getting in, involved in that.
0: And it was, seemed like that was kind of really a, a thing in the day. Kind of what I can't remember the phrase to check out to tune in or yeah. I can't remember what it, what it was. Yeah, I don't
1: that. even remember what it was.
0: <laughs> I don't remember much. But
1: it was during the Jesus movement. Yeah, and um, and so, so for some reason, I just you know all this stuff, but there was no truth to it. There was no fullness to it. And I didn't know it was about a heart issue and everything, but at any rate, my heart, my life was getting so bad because it's all, all this metaphysics and psychedelics and all this Hinduism and Buddhism is about getting in touch with yourself because self is God and unconscious consciousness and the cosmic consciousness and all this, all this malarkey, you know, but, but self gets in touch with self and self is a sinner and selfish and greedy and self-centered so I just started going AWOL and doing my own thing. And they, and so they were going to kick me out of the Air Force because I was worthless and I was going AWOL and everything. And so, so anyhow, one night I just thought I'm going to go out in the desert. I'm just going to camp out over the weekend. In, and I was in Phoenix, Arizona. And so I did. And one night I am out in the desert and, um, and I'm looking up into the sky and I'm and the Milky Way is just, you can reach up and touch it.
0: Mm.
1: And it's just so beautiful. And I just looked up there and I just said, God, I know that you are. I just don't know who you are. And if I die without knowing who you are, then it's all worthless. I didn't know anything about sin and hell and stuff. I just knew that my life was empty, that everything is empty. Without God, it's all useless.
0: Mm. And go ahead. It just reminds me of, of Jeremiah 33, verses 2 and 3. It says, Thus says the Lord who, who made it, the Lord who formed and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't know. Yeah absolutely
1: a friend absolutely. of mine.
0: called God's phone number, Jeremiah 33, three. Yeah.
1: The, the thing is he reached out to me first. Yes. Mm-hmm. God seeks all create all over, you know, mm-hmm. and, and when that, when that, when Roy came down and gave me the Bible, God was reaching out to me already. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so then I began to call upon him and, and I just knew, man, I, I don't care. i, I all i want is god i don't don't care about anything else and so um and so i went back to the base and in the process of kicking me out of the service they go to they send you to the psychiatrist because the, you're crazy man <laughs> and they got to know what's wrong with you yeah and and so and they send you to the Catholic priest that he interrogates you and everything. And finally, they send me to a, a Baptist born-again minister mm-hmm. on base. And basically, I just said, hey, I, all I care about is I need God. I know He is. I just don't know who He is. But I don't care about anything else. I just need God okay, so he hands me a Bible. (laughs) He just hands me a Bible. And he says, go home and read the Gospel of John. And so that that day I went home because I was living off base and I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita Hindu literature. I'm reading all the Buddhist stuff and I got all these books of psychology and all this stuff. And so in the middle of all this, I open up the Gospel of John and I read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without nothing was made, was made without him. And the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And I can remember this day what happened in my heart. I'm looking for God. And the Bible's telling me Jesus Christ is God. This is the one I'm looking for. That was it, man. Hmm. I don't know why. That was it. I believed. (laughs) And so so I just began to devour this. And I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita, and I'm reading the Hindu literature, and the, the, all this stuff, and I'm, and I'm reading the Bible, the Gospel of John at the same time, three or four times, three or four times. And two weeks two weeks later, something dawned on me. I picked up the Bhagavad Gita. I picked up the Buddhist literature, and it all entered into my brain, entered into my brain. Then I picked up the Bible, same thing, entered into my brain. But then I realized this is going into my heart where nothing else was. Mm. That's, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I dropped everything else. Mm. All I wanted was, at that point, the Gospel of John. And I didn't know about anything else. They kicked me out of the service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm, I'm, I'm devouring the Bible, mm. the Gospel of John particularly. Well, they kicked me out of the Air Force and went down to live with my father in Las Vegas, Nevada. And while I was down there, I kept reading. And I, I, John chapter 3, Jesus said, you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. How does that happen? If I am lifted up, I will draw, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you know, look to me. And so I, I, just, I just said, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. I still didn't know anything about sin. All I knew that he was God, and I needed God, and Jesus is God. Mm. And so I got down on my knees in my father's backyard, and I just said, "Okay, Lord, I'm yours. I don't care what happens. I don't care if I'm under a bridge because I had nowhere to go. All I know is, I am. I'm yours." And I am your responsibility because you said you wanted to rule over and govern my life. Well, that's what I'm doing. You've got my life. Well, that was 45, 46 years ago, <laughs> and he still got my life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, from there, I I moved back to Huntington Beach, and um, I was I was tending bar. That's all I knew how to do was tend bar. And so I lived with a friend of mine. And so this, this girl, um, a waitress <clears> at the bar, she was she, she a was born-again Christian going to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. And so I would go from Huntington Beach to, um, to um, Newport Beach every day because I was tending bar at the Taylor Whale restaurant. And going down Pacific Coast Highway, there was been born-again signs. Uh remember those signs.
0: No. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Great glory. We got
1: some of the books here. Yes. 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 So they had these big signs, been born again. You must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I learned. And so she told me, well, come to me, Calvary Chapel, you know? And so one night I went and Chuck was teaching and the word of God was plunging right into my heart. Mm. And God kept on telling me, this is going to be your strength. This is going to be the strength of your life. And I loved it. And I still love it. And um and Chuck was teaching manna just just devouring, devouring, devouring. And so um so I kept bartending, but problem was I was witnessing to people in the bar and then I was getting drunk
0: mm-hmm. with
1: them. Mm-hmm. Well it happened one night I got drunk and um and then woke up the next morning. I was still in the bar. Well, I was still in the restaurant. I had passed out in the restaurant, and one of the, the waitresses tapped me on my chest in the morning. So I said, hey, it's time to get up and go. <laughs> so I walked home, and I never went back. Mm-hmm. And I wound up in a place called the Lord's House, which is an outreach at Calvary Chapel, a discipleship house where people came off the streets, and they got discipled. And Sunday morning Calvary Chapel, Sunday night Calvary Chapel, um, Monday night home Bible study at the Lord's house, Tuesday night test on the Bible study, Thursday night (laughs) Calvary Chapel, Friday night or Saturday night out on the streets. And so for two years. Wow. Was discipled and and, um every morning get up at 4:30 into Chuck's tapes. Every morning, going through the Bible with Chuck. Mm -hmm. And so and that's where I met Vicky. And so And um, who's Vicky? Vicky's my precious wife.
0: All right. Just in case somebody doesn't Listen, know you personally. Yeah, so.
1: I was married three times before I gave my life to Christ. Wow. The lo- the longest marriage was 4 months because it was all flesh. All empty. All flesh. Vicky and I've been married for forty-two years. Yeah, praise the Lord. Congratulations. Praise the Lord, huh? The Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah. she, she, you know, Vicky loves the Lord with all of her heart, and yeah. and she is definitely a help me to me. Uh, yeah. Vicky, you're precious. <laughs> <laughs> and and so um, and so um, uh, the elder of the Lord's house, Steve Carr. Mm-hmm. um was called to a Royal grande to start Calvary Chapel of Roe Grande I went up there with him to help start and became an elder and was up there for 5 years Vicky came up uh, a couple months after me and we started dating and we went out we both knew that it was the lord and so we went out for about 9 months and stuff and got engaged and then got married and
0: um oh boy <laughs> it's been a trip. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit uh, of how you how you came to know the Lord. What a what an amazing testimony. It's um uh, yeah. I always loved yeah. one of the quotes and I should go back and find out who exactly said it, but it was kind of around the uh the Nate saints, the guys who went down to Ecuador there and and gave yes. their life for the Lord and <clears throat> and one of those gentlemen, I can't remember which one it was out of the four or five there that uh he, he had really come to the conclusion the greatest miracle we experience or seeing is, is really a transformed life. Yeah. You know, that is... Yeah. It's just marvelous what the glorious gospel can yeah. do. Yes. Um, that, uh, just yeah. thinking about it from from 2 Corinthians last night, and just... there was one thing that, that kept Paul strong in the ministry, and they didn't lose heart because of because of what Jesus had done, what just what it does to a life. Yes. Um, really just keeps him going and Yes. You know, it hearing about it or sharing or seeing it happen it just it draws us back to our first love so often of Yes. Man, how good yeah. he is. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know you know, just on that note, um the blessed hope in you know in, in um in First John, chapter three, verses one through three, there. Um, now we are the children of God, and it's not yet appointed, or we don't see what we shall be, but we know that when He appears, we shall be and be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Every person that has this hope in Him purifies himself as He is pure. Mm, amen. When I was born again, and and um, one night at Calvary Chapel. Doug McClure, or Don McClure, was was speaking, mm-hmm. and again the word of God was just penetrating. And I went up there to to thank him for sharing the word of God. And there was another person in front of me, and so um, so this lady came up behind me, and I mean I've been born again, I am filled with with Jesus. Um, and I am so filled with joy and, and, um, born again out of this old, terrible, worthless life into this beautiful, wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just want to thank Don for sharing this and stuff. And this lady comes out and she says, how long you, how long you known the Lord? And I said, well, a couple years. And I said, but I've been backslidden, and I just came back to the Lord. And and she says, she pokes me in the chest. Well, you won't have that joy for long. And it's like the Lord, he's saying, oh, yeah, you will. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> Don't listen to that. <clears throat> but the joy of the Lord mm-hmm. is when you know you're talking about being born again and a transformation um, most people, I mean, so many people don't understand. It is a real transformation. It is a life taken out of an old, worthless, sinful, dark, terrible, deathly existence into this beautiful, wonderful substance of the Word of God and the living, <laughs> living in the kingdom of God. And it is substance in the heart and in the you can't explain it. Amen.
0: But that's why I, I love that <laughs> that word um to know him or to know so often used in the New Testament. And it and it's not just knowledge, it's actually experiential knowledge. Like when it when it talks about to to know the love of God that 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 passes understanding, that, that it's not yes. measurable, but it says, yeah. But I want you to know that. Yes. And it almost <laughs> seems contradictory till you realize that he says, I want you to have the knowledge that comes through actually experiencing that love. Yes. You, yes. Can't, you can't teach it in a seminary, you can't teach it out of a textbook. This yeah. but I want you to know it. Absolutely. But you gotta go meet him. Right. You gotta walk with him. And the joy that comes from that. I've been thinking at two scriptures lately. <clears throat> um, in
1: first John chapter five, verse 21, 20 and 21. Um because this is this is so real. Um, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true and that we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Amen. Yeah. He 's given us understanding that we may know him and um and so I you know I just thought, well, that's what he said in John chapter seventeen, and talking with the Father. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent Amen. to know to experience, to have that relationship um, um you can't it, it just goes beyond human understanding it's life, it his life. And I thought not only
0: length of life, but the quality, quality, of life. absolutely, the quality of life. So on that, I want to want to segue kind of back into a little bit of your the life that that the Lord gave you. A yeah. couple few years back, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Don McClure, speaking of, and uh, he really impacted me in the way that he reminded me of the ministry of Chuck in Calvary Chapel that that what, what Chuck really brought was not only the teaching of the Word and the life that the Word was for today and, and that God was still transforming lives, but also that you could sit under Chuck and that, that after a while you could be, God, you could use me like that too, that it wasn't something unattainable or it wasn't for the elite, that it was for you and I and that we could we could grab our Bibles and we could go, and, and I know that uh, the Lord eventually called you guys out to Kansas, yeah. and you ministered uh, there as well. Yes. Share a little bit of the journey of some of the things the Lord has called you to. Well, w- when, we,
1: when we got ordained, when I got ordained up at Calvary Chapel, Rio Grande, we waited on the Lord, and we wound up going to Redding. Okay. Uh, that's where Vicki's um, dad and stepmom lived. And so we just um, didn't know, we just felt like God was calling us out of a row Grande, mm-hmm. not knowing where. Oh, this is, this could, I could write a book about this, believe <laughs> me, because we, we went to Reading, and we went to, um, uh, I forgot the name of the Calvary Chapel in Reading at the time, Burt Smith was uh, out of Calvary Chapel, uh, Costa Mesa. And started one um, up in, in Reading. So we went there for a while, met a guy, and he he was had a Bible study up in Mount Shasta.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so um, um so we went with him and started going with him up to Mount Shasta, Vicki and I, and we got involved in his Wednesday night Bible study. And he had a Bible study going um in a, another city, um, I forgot the name of it, south of Reading. And so he needed to get rid of one. Well, we loved Mount Shasta, and so Vicky and I wound up moving up to Mount Shasta, and taking over the Bible study, and ultimately starting um, what was called Day Spring Ministries of uh, Mount Shasta, okay. a Calvary Chapel. Um, and it's a very occultic, very occultic town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the areas where uh, you can ascend to heaven. There's seven, seven areas in, in the world, and Mount Shasta is one of them. So all these occultic teachers and, and everything come there. So it was a great place to witness.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and in fact, one of the, the leading occult ladies in Mount Shasta, one night when we were showing uh, a, a cross and the switchblade, she left after the movie. And about five minutes later, she came back when everybody was gone with her son. Mm -hmm. I need to accept Christ. I need Jesus. (laughs) And she did. She accepted Christ, (laughs) came into the body of Christ. We married her and her husband later on and stuff. But anyhow, but tragically, we sinned. Mm -hmm. I sinned. And um, bought a house because we really loved it there. And I had to lie to get the house. And I lied to get the house. And immediately, the church went downhill. And we wound up in our living room with just a couple of us, and we, we had to leave Mount Shasta. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to Roe Grande, and I shared with Steve and everything, and repented. And we, and we stayed in Roe Grande for um, about a year and stuff, and we took over Bible study. God was gracious. God was merciful. Amen. took over Bible study in Atascadero, California, and ultimately started Calvary Chapel of Atascadero.
0: Wow, and we okay. were
1: there for five years. And um, and um, felt like okay, the Lord's calling us out again, and so um, we we gave it to uh, Cliff Nagy, Sparky is his name, and and he was a Calvary Chapel pastor. We we gave it over to him and stayed for a while while he established it, and we waited on the Lord. And and I was going to India, I was going to China, and just because I loved mission to mission field, and so Amen. wound up going to. Yeah, Philippines, India, China, and and loved it and everything and and so but ultimately the Lord was calling us back mm-hmm. and so Calvary Chapel had a list of cities that wanted Calvary chapels. And so we were praying, going through these lists and everything, and Kansas was in, in there, and I hated Kansas. I didn't, I wanted nothing to do with Kansas.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: and, different for a California boy. Yes, absolutely. All I could think of was flat sand. <laughs> and so, um, but this Calvary Chapel of Hutchinson had lost their pastor. He had committed adultery and left and and stuff. And so Vicky said, let's call him. I went, no way. I do not want to go to Kansas. Mm -hmm. And so we started praying, and I went, okay, we'll call, we'll call. Ron and Brenda King, precious couple. um, I called them one night, and they said, uh, Ron Ron wasn't there, so I talked to Brenda, and talking with Brenda and everything, and she was, yeah, we're going to close the doors tomorrow. She said, "Um, but let me talk to my husband. Call us back tomorrow morning. And so I called back the next morning, and, you know, Ron and Brenda. Ron, Brenda, if you're listening to this, I love you so much, and you know that. They said, um, yeah, we're going to close the doors. And I said, okay. I said, wait, wait, wait. I'm coming. And I was self-employed. I painted houses. I, <clears> I packed up my pickup, little Toyota pickup truck full of paint equipment, and I and I went out there. And I drove out there three days and, um, got there and they had a basement. Of course, every house in Kansas has a basement because of tornadoes. <laughs> yeah. And I lived in their basement with them for a few weeks and, um, we just kept the, we just kept the doors open and, um, and, and, and I said, okay, I need a job. So, um, and, and I, we started praying and, and, um, started looking for a job. And I went to this one and they said, well, you know, call us back in three weeks. You know, we'll need a painter, maybe, you know, in a a few weeks or something. And so um, I accidentally called them back the next day. And they said, yeah, come on in, (laughs) we can can use you now. And so the next day the Lord got me a job. Wow. And so, um, so three weeks later, I went back to California Picked up Vicky, picked up the boys. We drove out to Kansas, and we were there for twenty years. Mm. And and um, so then twenty years later,
0: let it go, and that's when I started going to the Korean people in Thailand. Okay. So and would love to would love to hear that about that as well. Um, so I, I want to touch on on the the Korean and and your ministry with that, and then a little bit of kind of uh, where you are today and. And if we feel there's still too much of a vacuum, then someday we'll have to do a Part B. (laughs) And uh, we'll bring that back out just... uh, But uh, a beautiful ministry. So really quickly, um, not only how did God bring you to ministering to the Karen, but who are they? Uh, For us laymen. Oh, boy. The Korin
1: are one of the tribal peoples of Burma. There's like seven major tribes,
0: and maybe even just in case somebody doesn't know, where is Burma? Okay, Burma is
1: it's now called Myanmar. Okay, it's just um, west of Thailand. Okay, east east of Thailand would be Vietnam and Laos, mm-hmm. Thailand, and then Burma. Okay, um, or Myanmar, and um, and so um, the Karen, boy, they're a story. Um, But the major tribe of Burma is the Burmese. Okay. And so they govern, and they're a military government.
0: And there's a big coup there now, right now? There is
1: a coup there. Well, there's been for... for, A lot of civil unrest and war. and for years, for years. And so the the Burmese are atheistic people, although Buddhism is the major religion, Mm -hmm. but they hate Buddhists, they hate Christians, they hate anybody. And they just, they just want to govern militarily. Mm-hmm. And so the Korin, we'll call them a Christianized tribe. Okay. Because years ago, a Baptist minister went in to the tribe of the Karen people. He went over there to minister to the Burmese. The Burmese put him in jail. There was a young Korin man in jail with him. He led the Korin man um, to the Lord. When they got out of jail, the Korean man took him to his tribe. Years before that, the tribe had a vision of a young white man coming to them on a donkey with a golden <laughs> book. Well, this young Corinne man took this Baptist minister to the tribe on a donkey, and he had a Bible with him with golden pages. <laughs> they looked at that, and they began to give their lives to Christ. Wow. And But over the years... It became religion That's instead true. of relationship, and so. But even so, they're a very mor- moral tribe. Okay. And because of that, the Burmese military people hate them, and so they they invade their villages. They take the men captive to work in their on their roads, their um, their 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 military bases. They rape the women. They take them. They make them models dance before them, they choose them out, and then they take them home, and they make them their mit- mistresses, their servants and stuff. Um, and so the Karen, what they started doing was, they when the Burmese military would come in, they would run, and they would run into the jungles and hide. And the Burmese military, they would burn their villages, they'd burn their rice crops, they'd burn their huts, and they would they would put landmines around their villages so they couldn't come back. And in the escape routes, they would put landmines and pictures that, that I was being shown of, of people being blown apart and, and gunshots and, and all the burning villages and, and everything. Well, they began to run across the border into Thailand, and the Thai government began to make refugee camps for them. And the king's daughter just really had compassion for them. So she began to really help them. And even some created villages. Mm-hmm. And so I learned of, the, of Sharon Porterfield, who was a, out of Calvary Chapel of Utah. Okay. She had gone over there and she had lived with them in Burma and when they were, when the village was attacked, she took some children with her because the parents had scattered, the children had scattered, and some had followed Sharon into Thailand. Wow. And she was teaching them the Bible. And through steps that I'm not sure, they began, they created Bible college or a Bible Bible camp mm-hmm. at Palau, Thailand. Mm-hmm. And so one year when I was in Kansas, she had come to the United States to visit a Korean family who the United Nations had sent to Denver, Colorado. And I had learned that she was in Denver. And so I went to visit and I stayed with the Korean family there for three days with Sharon. Well, she hooked me up with a family in Weimalai, Thailand and the Bible school in Palau. And I just, Vicki and I prayed and... And I just climbed on a plane, and I just went over there, <laughs> and stayed with both both, and God just created this beautiful relationship. And I never went as a Bible teacher, as a pastor, as a, a missionary. And I I I'm, I don't say that with derogatorily. Mm-hmm. I went as a servant. I just wanted to serve them, and and the most incredible relationship happened. We went fishing together. We went shopping together. Everywhere they went, they took me, and um, into other villages to share the gospel and and just to to stay with people and to fish with them and oh, it's just amazing. And they built me homes. They built me houses to stay with them, and um, I wound up at the Bible school doing you know just just uh, they would come and we would do devotions and and i just share this begin to teach and teach and teach because they love the scriptures and they want to mm-hmm. like calvary chapel verse by verse you know <clears throat> line upon line verse by verse book by book mm-hmm. and um and so and so and so and so, <laughs> so. <laughs> well
0: what a wonderful ministry and you know, as we talk about uh, anything from being in Southern California or Hutchinson, Kansas or, or the Karen people and, uh, and you're in the Roseburg area or go to RCF and you, and you want to learn more, um, I'm sure Dale would, would love to continue to share with you, grab, grab a hold of him on a Sunday, you usually find him in a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, and so there's so yeah. much more that I know that you could share because you've yeah. you've shared your heart with me and things that have gone on there. Yeah, um, but today, oh, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I just want to share one thing.
1: When I was over in Thailand, you know, we had moved here because of um, Steve and Janie Collip, who used to to come here, mm-hmm. and very good friends. We've lived with them off and on for forty years, and um, and when I was in Thailand, I I told Vicky. Um, okay, you need to check out where you want to go to church because part of the reason we moved here was for Mm Vicki. And she found Roseburg Christian Fellowship. I I have to say this about Roseburg Christian Fellowship. God sent us here. This is the most peace that we've had in any place that we have been Mm -hmm. in our travels with, with the Lord. I just want to say that that God sent us here we we love it here mm-hmm. I don't know
0: if I can really share what I really feel um, I, th- I think I remember the day when you'd shared in service and I think Zane was pastoring at the mm-hmm. time and and you just you just shared that 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 we're we're here, yeah, and yeah. when God really. Yeah. settled you guys that i don't know Yeah, got six years or i can't remember been been a couple of years but uh yeah but that this is this is yeah God's, we are yeah. <clears throat> yeah we uh we got the better end of the deal i'll tell you uh, that right uh, now <laughs> but uh a little <laughs> bit um as we'll take the last 10 minutes or so to kind of talk about life today mm-hmm. and then i then I, if i can if I can extract it out of you, kind of any any word that you would have for somebody that's kind of somewhere along the journey that, that God has taken you through. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So now you know um, you have a, such a wonderful burden for people to know Jesus um, and still to teach, to to pray for the brethren. Um, mm-hmm. So so some things that you're involved in or God's put on your heart today. Uh, if, can walk us through that just a little bit um well' well, well now you know um and maybe invite others to yeah, join <laughs> yeah yeah
1: you um you know of course men's breakfast we've been involved in that um you know started out as a, a Tuesday morning Bible study, and then that kind of went by the wayside, but
0: out of that God birthed a new men's breakfast, yeah and it kind of seems to me just kind of observing and being a part of it to that that heart of what you kind of initially named a band of brothers yes, has really yeah. just kind of stuck with the men's fellowship. Really, it's it's especially the last
1: three or four months. The Lord has just really done a marvel here. I'm, I'm amazed, and so but anyhow, the the men's breakfast is just awesome, and and you know starting the Sunday afternoon prayer meeting. Right after, you know, noon after a, a Sunday morning fellowship, um, interceding um, there with, with the brothers and sisters has is, is been very deep um, in our fellowship with Jesus, in our intercessory prayer time with him and with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. sense the, the love of Jesus for inter, interceding. And so that's been a, 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 a wonderful thing. And, a, and of course, um, the new thing that the Lord has raised up, the Garden Valley Retirement Home. Oh. What, what a blessing. <laughs> yeah. How precious that is. You know, we get 15, 20 of them, and they just, they, they listen. They, they're so hungry. Yeah. And uh, they love the scriptures. They love it when we open the Bible. Yeah. And when we give them the word of God and read the scriptures and, and expound a little bit on the scriptures and personal experience in the scriptures, um
0: they're they're so thankful. Yeah. You know, it's and so that's that's a ministry that uh God opened the door at a, a local retirement center that that didn't have a church service that was, needed <clears throat> just the fellowship there and and God plugged Dale in and it's been such a wonderful Wonderful opportunity! Now you got another church family. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yes, and of course our new home fellowship group <clears throat> over at Ted and Lynn's house.
1: How awesome that is! Yeah, um, the 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 sense of the Lord's presence mm. is, yeah, undeniable. That's what makes us
0: so great is His Amen. presence in it. Boy, what a what a good snapshot of so much of your life! Yeah, just the awesomeness of God's presence. So the Lord has you plugged in and leading a a home fellowship, uh, a church, really just a a church meeting as well, once a month at the Retirement Center. Um, Of course, you know, my mind always goes to Reese Howell and what an impact the intercessory prayer can make in in the group that, Uh as you guys pray for the nation and our community and, and this fellowship um yeah what a pleasure but yeah. but also uh street witnessing streets are awesome <laughs> everything the lord's doing is awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's a simple yeah. condensation yeah. right there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you know but but you know i want to say richard and mac what mm. a blessing they are they're jewels for yeah sure. they they they're so faithful every thursday you know, when I can, I join them. Um, what time is it? I got to go. They're on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, one twenty. <120. laughs> yeah. And so we head out at 11.30. And when I can, I, I join them. We just love. We got a couple of signs we take. And just, and a new thing is, you know, because the scripture says, sing to the Lord, all the earth. Mm-hmm. Sing to the Lord uh, among the nations. And so we've been just taking gospel signs and stopping and singing, and and then when people come by, we share and and, and stuff, and just and then you know the the farmers market and walking down Harvard with uh, gospel signs, you know, um, and and singing on the streets. This is what the Lord has taught told us to. We're not doing anything out of our own imagination or anything that we want to exalt ourselves or anything it's just what the lord tells us to do in the scriptures Amen. and the lord is so evident that he's there and people are going by honking and giving us thumbs up or thumbs down <laughs> you know and this yeah. lady that, that tried to you know uh, blow us out of the streets the other day with her whistles
0: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you
1: know tried to stop us and everything but we just kept on singing and praising the lord and and stuff but it's so evident that the Lord wants us out proclaiming
0: him publicly. Amen. And and so it's just... So along with all those other things, Dale serves people in the community and works and serves as an elder here and, and uh, such a a wonderful life. So to kind of maybe put a bow on this and, and <laughs> just hearing all this fullness and not getting to the depth on any of it that I would love to... Um I I sure hope the Lord opens the opportunity to do this again with you but but to put you on the spot a little bit um for those maybe who they maybe they've backslidden and been in ministry or maybe have dabbled because eastern religions and philosophies are so prevalent again today in different ways um or even just as you, as you get into um, the final leg of the race, if you will, and serving the Lord in a full life, what mm-hmm. what would be on your heart to share? Somebody listening, how how would you encourage them? Um...
1: You know, um, Jesus Christ, the true God and eternal life. You know we we know. <laughs> very simple, my Lord and my God. Thomas, they call him Doubting Thomas. I don't know if he was a doubter or not. He just said, I really need to, yeah, I really need to see to believe.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I needed that too. And I still do today. And And he saw and Jesus presented himself to it and his words were my Lord and my God. That's the key as far as I'm concerned. Mm. My Lord and my God.
0: And at least history says that uh, he did with that. He lived the rest of his life faithfully to Jesus. That's right. And, you know, um,
1: one of my favorite scriptures, probably one of yours also, is I count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss for all things and count them as... Rubbish. Rubbish. Mm. You know, and um, to 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 go on to seek, what did Paul talk about? He said, reaching for the prize. Mm-hmm. The ultimate, the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing else, man. I mean, everything else will come alongside that, but it's just
0: alongside that. Mm. My Amen. Lord and my God. Well, thank you so much, brother. And as always, just... Just even time with you is well, its refreshing in the spirit. It's, it's, it's the same with, me, <laughs> with you, believe me. <laughs> so. All right. Well, Dale richmond a life that was changed, joy from the Lord, and giving all glory to him. So again, um, if you know him or if this is the first time you really got to hear much of his life, I would encourage you to... To ask him more about it. Um, I'm sure he'd love to send you to, to Thailand <laughs> to pray for you, to encourage you in the faith, and to remind all of us that God is awesome. Amen to that. So thank you so much, brother. You want to pray for us and, and those listening before we go, and we'll call that a day.
1: Sure. Father, um, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, you loved us first. Anything that we do is because of your love for us. Mm-hmm. You loved us first. Lord, and I recall that, you know, it says that Jesus Christ came and he died and he rose again and that that those who live would no longer live for themselves but would live for him who died on their behalf and rose again. Mm-hmm. We thank you, Jesus. You are everything. Be everything to us, Lord. We long for your return. We look forward to your return. We long to see your face. We long to have your arms wrapped around us. We long for eternity with you, Lord. We, we love you. We adore you. We praise you. We worship you, only you. Bless this fellowship. Lord, I could go on and on, but um, but bless your people, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this
0: time. Mm. Amen. May the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you guys. We'll catch you on the next one.